I've got a handout for you guys here, if somebody can help me. All right, somebody else's. Good job, James. Thanks, Rodney. Thanks, Amy. <clears throat> um, I'm going to talk while they're handing this out, but uh, this is kind of an overview of group life here at River. I know whenever Jim sent out his email um, there at the top, it said, come to leadership community and have answers to these questions. Have you ever wondered about this and that? And I was talking to Tiffany later and she said, man, Jim was pretty heavy handed in his email. And I said, yeah, I I actually wrote that and told him to do that. So (laughs) Jim wasn't heavy handed. I was holding his hand and doing like this. But this is a, a, a document that's kind of an overview of group life at River. And we're not going to go into great detail in this document. I'm just going to give you an overview uh, of it. Uh, it, I think, can be really foundational for us as we move forward in leading God's people towards his purposes for their life. And this is not my brainchild. This is something that we've been discussing together and working through, the staff has worked through together. Um, It's just one sheet, and there's no fill in the blanks. Uh, This is really for your reference as we talk, and you can take it as well. Uh, But this is something we'll be visiting often, not necessarily this whole sheet, but components of this sheet in leadership community and in our group leaders' retreat and dinners um, and our training going forward. So, This is where we're going to camp out for our training this afternoon. And I've got a few activities that we'll be doing uh, together as well. So we won't just be sitting and listening the whole time. But before we jump into that, um, I'm going to pray for us. This was a a passage that Terry shared a couple weeks ago in his sermon. Um, I want us to use it to guide our prayer. Jeremiah 9, 24 Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast in his riches. But let let him who boasts, boast about this, that he knows and understands me. I am the Lord who exercises kindness justice, and righteousness on the earth, for in these I delight. God, today we don't boast in the fact that we're leaders. We don't boast that we are a part of this church. It's a great privilege to be a part of this body. Our only boast is that we know you. You're the Lord who exercises kindness and justice and righteousness. Thank you for being kind to us. And we do thank you for this privilege that you've given us to help people to know you better and understand you and walk faithfully with you. We, we do need your help and pray that this time would be useful for us as we try to grow in skill and wisdom to lead others. Help me and help us this afternoon, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So you have on that document there, I'm going to just grab one, there's like four or five sections, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the bottom. You'll see the bottom isn't really on this screen up here, but the bottom section is training year overview. Leaders dinner, leaders retreat, leadership community. So these other four areas really inform what's going to happen at leadership community, at our dinners, and at our retreats. So we're not just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. We're really being purposeful as we train together and grow together to to lead people. Da-da-da-da. All right. Magic. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Let's, let's, in closing, I'd like to just say... So this, this framework here, I, I'm, there's two reasons that I, I think it's important for us to, to go uh, dive into this framework. One is that it, it provides sort of a roadmap for us it, for group life. We kind of know when we're on the path and maybe when we've veered off of the path. This uh, picture that's up here is a picture of Bar Trail there in... Uh, in Colorado. Last summer, some of us went to Pikes Peak, and that little brown line, that's what that is. So this is above the tree line, and that little blue dot up there is when we got back on the path. That little star, if you can see that, is where we got off of the path. And uh, I had never done Pikes Peak before, but I was told that when you get past the tree line, when you're getting close to the end, it gets hard. And so I'm mentally preparing myself for, this is going to get really hard. You can do this. It's going to get really hard. And then we got off the path, and we were walking in pea gravel above the tree line at about an angle like this. And I thought, this is not really hard. This is like borderline impossible. Dan, you were there, right? We were off the path together. Trace, come on. (laughs) It was was challenging. Um, But... We made it through. The funny thing was, is when we looked out and we thought, oh, we're on the right path, there were people's footprints that were out in front of us. So, you know, we were kind of following in their footsteps, but they were off the path as well. So this framework will allow us to know that we're, if we're on the path or if we're not on the path. It, it, it provides a roadmap for us. You know, sometimes we just have our head down and we're plodding, going where we think we need to go, and we lose sight of of the goal or where we're going. So this framework, I think, can provide a roadmap. The second thing, the second reason I want us to go through this is it can provide confidence and conviction for us as leaders. Um, As we lead our groups, we can have confidence and conviction that we know what we're doing. And I can see the befuddled look on your face right now when you're thinking, why is there a picture of a mouthpiece a puller, and a trumpet up here related to confidence and conviction. You didn't know what that was, did you? Okay. I didn't either. But I'll tell you the story that illustrates the importance of confidence and conviction for us. My son, Jesse, he's in the seventh grade, and he's playing the trumpet. And uh, he was loaned an instrument by someone, and it's a very nice trumpet. And um, last week, Jesse got the mouthpiece stuck in his trumpet. And uh, 
you know, the do-it-yourselfer inside me thought, this is not a big deal. A pair of pliers and vice grips, you can knock this out, no problem. You're not supposed to do that, FYI. If you uh, play the trumpet or if your child ever plays the trumpet, skip the pliers. So I took it down to the, the music store and said, hey, can you uh, pull this out for me? And so the technician said, yeah, no problem. This happens all the time. That was a relief. This is a pretty expensive instrument. Again, it doesn't belong to us. It was entrusted to us. So he says, I can do it, no problem. And uh, he walks back to the service desk, and he puts the trumpet down on the little service desk there in front of him, and he's kind of a younger technician, maybe not super experienced. And he kind of looks at the trumpet, and then he kind of looks at me, and, you know, you said you can do this. Let's get this done. And then he walks back to the back and pulls some tools out and comes back to the trumpet and looks at, you know, it's kind of, okay, I think I got all the tools here. I'm like, okay, come on, buddy. I got places to be. And uh, then he starts taking these parts out to try to get it to fit just right on the mouthpiece and messing with it a little bit. And then he said some words that instilled great confidence in me and conviction. He said, as he looked at this trumpet, again, that doesn't belong to me, Man, I can never remember how to do this. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, you're not making me feel real good about your ability to fix this trumpet that I have entrusted to you. He did the right thing. There was another older, more experienced technician there, and he said, hey, can you help me with this? And he came over and fixed it, no problem. So he didn't know what he was doing. But sometimes, you know, we can feel that way if we're not sure of where we're going. But we can lead with confidence and conviction when we've laid out a framework, when we've got some boundaries set in place. I know how to do this. You can answer people's questions with conviction when you know why you're doing groups the way that you are, why we do groups the way that we do groups, how we do groups. We do them for a specific reason Um, and with a specific purpose in mind. We're not just muddling our way through this. So let's dive kind of into the framework here. The philosophy of small groups is the first thing on your sheet. And what do we mean by philosophy? Well, philosophy, basically that word means lover of wisdom. So we want to love a wise approach to our small group ministry. And what is a wise approach according to what we've got there? Well, What we believe, unchanging truths, shape our values. Values are principles that guide what's important. So what we believe shapes our values, which informs our actions. Actions being behaviors, patterns of operating, or activities to do and to not do. And at River, we are a values-driven church. This would be in comparison to a tradition-driven church. We're not tradition-driven. Tradition says actions must stay the same because they must stay the same. We do something because we do something. We don't have a reason for doing it. We do it because they did it, and they did it, and they did it. Tradition's not necessarily bad, when it, but when it's divorced from the reason, it's not really very helpful. So we're a values-driven church. We're not a personality driven church either. You know, some, some organizations might value a certain personality type, a charismatic person, a person that can teach really well, an outgoing personality. 
but at River we say we value fat people, those who are faithful, available, and teachable. Now, how does valuing people like that inform our actions? I know I smirked a little bit too every time I said it, but it's, it's true. It's, it's, rem- it's memorable that way. Um, but how, how is it that valuing people who are faithful, available, teachable, how does that inform our actions? Well, when we are identifying, which is an action, when we are identifying an LIT, we ask, who is the most faithful, available, and teachable person in the group? We don't ask, who knows the most scripture, who talks the most, who prays the most, or who do I like? We ask, who comes regularly? Who's pursuing Jesus? Who's available to serve? Who wants to learn and grow? Who's teachable? So as we talk through this sheet, all this stuff so far, you're thinking, yeah, we've heard all this before. This, it's really, it's not new stuff for us. It's just helping us see what we're doing really works. And there are some real clear reasons that we've chosen to do things in group life the way that we have. On your sheet there, it says, we believe that what God has revealed is what is real and true. That's a foundational, unchanging truth. We value relationship with God and people because what matters most at the end is what matters most now. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. This sums up the law and the prophets. So we value relationship with God and people. Because of that value, we take action. And we take action to love God and people in real practical ways. And for us, the practical way we do that is we gather in small groups. We gather to pray for each other. We gather to spur each other on towards love and good deeds. We gather to help each other apply scripture to our lives. We gather to organize showers, baby showers, wedding showers, to watch each other's kids, um, to help around the house, to make meals when we need to. But that all happens in the context of of small groups. We don't do small groups because we've always done small groups. We do small groups and we have the leadership structure that we have because it flows from what we believe and what we value. Here's kind of another example of this believe, value, do. Not really from group life, But last week, or maybe two weeks ago, Terry showed a video of a man in the UK who was talking about being same-sex attracted. I don't know if you guys were here, if you remember that video, it was a very powerful video. A guy who was clergy uh, in the UK and and has lived with a same-sex attraction all of his life, but is committed to the biblical understanding of marriage between a man and a woman, and that he wasn't going to act on his attraction So what he was saying is, I believe God's word to be true in regards to marriage between a man and a woman. I value obedience to Jesus as laid out in the scriptures. So what he did with his actions was, I will not act on the same-sex attraction that I feel. His beliefs informed his values, which shaped his actions. Those all three flow together. 
and for us in our groups and in our church, if our beliefs and values don't shape our actions, then we'll begin to act based on tradition or based on personal preference or even popular trends. This is really important for us to to kind of hold on to. And the reason I'm spending most of my time on the belief value do, because it's really foundational for for us uh, in our group life, our beliefs and our values and our actions. You know, there's a lot of churches, um, small groups are what a lot of churches do. So it'd be easy to say, hey, everybody does small groups, let's do small groups. We don't do small groups because everybody does small groups. We do them because of what we value, what we believe, and what we value. So I've got a list up here of some of our values and some of our actions, all right? And we're going to do, we're going to kind of pause with each one of these segments and kind of do a little activity. This first activity will be sort of a silent activity. For those of you that are internal processors, this is for you. Uh, You verbal processors will give you some time later, but since we uh, value looking to the needs and interests of others, not just our own, we're going to defer to the internal processors this time. Is that okay, James? Great. Spoken as a true external processor. Yeah, there you go. So what I'd like for you to do is just look at this list and think about this framework for a little bit. Believe, value, do. Values on one side, actions or activities of your small group on the other. You could pick one column or the other. So look at the values and think, what actions do I engage in that flow from these values? We talked about one, faithfulness. I'm identifying a LIT. I want to value someone who's faithful. So as I pick an LIT, I need to think about faithfulness. So pick a value or two if you want and say, what am I doing in my group that demonstrates this value? Or you could choose an activity or add to this list if you want. Child care. How, how do we do child care? And the way we do child care in my group, does it reveal a value that I have? So our actions will also, re- they'll flow from our values but they will also reveal our values. So what I'd like for you to do is just take a minute, if you can, on this Sunday afternoon when you want to nap and just think for a little bit about this list. Pick one and then try to connect the dots to your group life. And then we'll move on to the next section on our sheet here. Was it uh, easy for you to maybe connect values and actions, or is it still maybe a little muddled in your mind? Youth group leaders that were here for the lock-in on Friday and stayed up all night with crazy kids. Was it nice to close your eyes for a minute and think? This believe value do is something we'll come back to often uh, in leadership community and in our Uh, other training times together. So we're going to move on to the group leader core qualities. And there's a value that's listed there next to our group leader core qualities. And that's we value faithfulness, faithful life direction and not perfection. Jim talked about it some this morning. So if someone doesn't mind maybe reading out loud what you have on your sheet there, ABC under the group leader core qualities. Somebody want to read that for us? 
All right, Oliver. All right, a heart to learn and grow. So what I love about this list is what is not on the list. I don't have to be a gifted Bible teacher. I don't have to be like Jim Lewis. I don't have to be like Kevin Neuenswander. I don't have to be another Beth Moore. I don't have to be like you fill in the blank. I don't have to be a scripture memory rock star. Sometimes I think as leaders we have to be able to let ourselves off the hook a little bit. God is not done with us, but he's called us to lead. These core qualities keep us from saying, I've really got to step it up if I'm going to lead people. Yes, we want to learn and grow, but we don't have to be the Michael Jordan of small group leaders in order to be faithful to lead and love those God's given us. We're God's workmanship, like Jim said this morning, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. Be with Jesus, be with people, and be learning. Those are the core qualities of a group leader. And I think those core qualities answer two questions for us related to especially our LITs. How do I identify an LIT and how can I develop an LIT? So I've got another activity for you here. Sorry, James, it's a silent one. We're getting there. Don't worry, buddy. Hang in. And that is just think about someone in your group. A group leader, you might think of your LIT or a group member. And just answer these three questions. Is this person walking faithfully with Jesus? Yes, no, I'm not sure. Walking faithfully with others? Yes, no, not sure. Do they have a heart to learn or grow? Yes, no, not sure. Think about that person and then try to answer these three questions. I think if you don't have an LIT and you answered yes to two out of the three of these, you maybe have a good candidate for an LIT. And this might be a great activity for you to do with your LIT, um, to maybe to help them develop. It could be something like this. Hey, uh, Mr. LIT, you know, Tom has been coming to, uh, to our group pretty faithfully, but I'm not sure what his relationship with Jesus is like. Would you be willing to get lunch with him and, and uh, see what his walk with Jesus is like? And your um, available and faithful LIT would then respond and say, you bet, I will do it. <clears throat> see, in doing that, you've just, um, you've just took a step towards developing your LIT. They're now walking with people, and they're trying to help people walk with Jesus. Sometimes we maybe make it a little more complicated than it needs to be. We have to be at this certain level, but really just walking faithfully with Jesus, walking with others, and have a heart to learn and grow. That's who we want a leader to be. So what is a group leader supposed to do? These are our core competencies of group leadership. And there's three of them, again, meeting, mission, and member care. Meeting becomes skilled at leading good small group meetings. Have content that's fully biblical and geared towards application. Coffee and content. We've talked about that some. So content, the, the teaching part of your meeting, and coffee, the hanging out part of your meeting. Does the hanging out portion of your meeting allow for authentic relationship? So don't think about coffee and content one, content is all in my meeting and coffee is somewhere else. But within the context of your meeting, 
Do you allow people to connect and hang out? And then also, is your content fully biblical? And then mission, continually nurture a heart and vision for kingdom life multiplication. Um, selecting and training an LIT could be a way to do mission. Um, also, in mission, encouraging outreach, praying for non-believing friends, inviting new people to your group. There are a lot of people that come here on Sunday morning regularly that aren't a part of small group. So that's a part of mission, is just inviting them to your group. And lastly, member care, caring for one another in community to the end that we become like Jesus. Honor one another, serve one another, pray for each other, bear each other's burdens, all that uh, caring for one another. Baby showers, wedding showers, all that other stuff that I mentioned earlier is a way we, we care for each other. So these three competencies are really what's going to guide our training here. So the next meeting we have, Terry is going to talk about marriage, remarriage, and divorce from the scriptures. What does the Bible have to say about that topic? So there are two competencies that, that relates to. Member care. If you have people in your group that are struggling with a marriage issue, what he's going to talk about will help you care for them. It'll also help with the competency of meetings. So he's going to help us know how to take scripture and apply it to a real situation that people face. So it'll help us know how to be effective in leading Bible studies in our meetings. Okay, James, we're, we're to the point you've been waiting for, I know. <clears throat> but it, it does have a silent component, okay? So what I'd like for you to do now with those three competencies, meeting, mission, and member care, leave your stuff where it is, okay? And what I'd like for you to do is I've got three places in the room. Member care is over there. Meetings in the back and mission over here, okay? As you think about those three competencies, which one would you say you are strongest in, all right? And what I'd like for you to do is rise. You can do it, Brian. I know you can. Come on. And go to that place in the room that you think represents your strength. Meetings back by the sound booth. Member care is over here. And mission is over there. And you might say, well, this is process of elimination. I'm really bad in mission, really bad in meeting, so I must be good in member care. That's okay. That's your strength. So just go wherever you're the strongest. And you can talk while you do this, James, if that helps you. Don't, uh, don't, don't make it hard. Just uh, take a stab at it. I'm really good at hanging out with people and caring for their needs. Go to member care. I'm really good at inviting people like Zach. Mission. I rock at leading great meetings. Go back there by Russ. You don't have to worry about being all close together where you can talk. Just get in the general area. Okay. Does everybody feel comfortable about their strength? Member care, meetings, mission. Okay, so you know where the next question is going to be, right? This is your strength. So bef 
Before we actually go there, what I want you to do is answer that question in your mind. I'm standing at meetings right now, and I know my next place is going to be mission because that's my weakness. So what I'm going to do before I head over there is I'm going to look at these people who say they're good at mission and realize, hey, this is leadership community. We're a community of people who can learn from one another. So maybe David or Mo has something that I can, how how do you do mission in your group? What does that look like? Teach me, help me. I want to learn. I want to grow in this competency. I'm a leader. I have a heart to learn and grow. So I can learn from these people, right? If meeting is is your weakness, look at those guys back there. So answer in your mind, which of these competencies is my weakest? And now just look over there. You don't have to walk over there. You can just look over there and see, hey, I know them. They can, they can help me out. I can, I can get to know them, and I can learn to grow by hanging out with them. Okay, but I am going to actually make you move, sorry. All right? Okay, you got the answer to that next question. Which of these competencies are you the weakest in? Ready? Go. See, you can all make this confession openly in front of each other because we have a value of living an open and honest life. So the fact that I would be over here at member care, I would, I would willingly walk over there in front of all of you because we want to live open and honest. You're demonstrating that value as leaders. Good job, Scott Oaks. You're the man. Yeah. So now, James, we're, we're, we finally made it to you. Give us some verbal feedback here. Yeah. So if you are, you guys over there in member care, maybe somebody wants to tell us, why did you choose that as your weakness? Why do you feel like, yeah, member care, that's a, a competency I'm weak in? <laughs> I'm weak in member care because I don't really care. That's good. I like, uh, I like that. But he has a heart to learn and grow. Right. Good. Anybody else? Member care? Thanks, James. Jameson? Uh, got it. So, you know, the great thing about that is we, we have each other. So I'm task-oriented. My LIT is better at the member care. So I lean on him for that competency because we value others. And it's not all about me. So I can, he can do what I can't do. Thanks, Jameson. Okay. Mission. Somebody want to share? I, I, my, my prediction that this would be the heavy side on the weaknesses. So why did you pick Mission. That's a good, good word. Did you guys hear that? We're not going to solve all of these problems right now, but just getting you to think about these competencies. Somebody else? Why did you choose mission as your weakness? Yes, Tim. Yeah, so you're comfortable with your six or eight, but... Yeah, trying to include somebody takes a little bit more effort and doesn't feel as good. Anybody else? Kevin? Yeah, 
Uh, good. Anybody else? Should I move to meetings? Okay, meeting. Why would you say that meeting is your weakest meeting people? Ah, it's not as much fun. So you'd rather be out mixing it up and inviting people or hanging out and having coffee and, yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? You know, in thinking about our value in terms of relationships, you know, that's, that, I think that's part of the reason for us to do our Bible study the way we are. With, we're all going through Romans so that you can have that freedom. If I'm going to lean one way or the other, that I would lean towards people and not lean towards spending five hours getting ready for a meeting that is coming around really fast. So anybody else want to share? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Good. So here's something, too, for you uh, leaders. If you look here, maybe find your LIT and say, oh, okay, they're over there in meetings. Got it. Now, maybe this is a competency I could help them grow in. Or they're over there in mission. Maybe this is a competency that I could, could help them grow in. Does that make sense? All right. Anybody else have any observations from this little exercise before I have you go sit back down? Okay. You can move now. And you can talk as you move if you want. James. Yeah. You know, remember, we're not, uh, we're not going to go deep on all of these. Really, the purpose of our time today is to kind of get an understanding of the whole, kind of the whole framework um, so that we could understand what we're doing in our time together here and that we're really in our meetings, these meetings, leadership community, we're going to spend a lot of time growing in this competency or in that one or in this one over here. So we won't be able to solve all of our problems today with, or grow in those today, but hopefully just having an awareness and even be able to see, oh, that guy is, he's good at this. I should get to know him and maybe he can, he can help me. So the last segment of the framework on our sheet there is the group leader principles, all right? And those are things that you've heard before, again, simple, sustainable, transferable, so if I could get maybe one of the challenge leaders, do you guys mind reading that for us, that section where it says the group leader principles, A, B, C? Shannon. Simple, sustainable, transferable. I think one really uh, 
positive example of simple, sustainable, transferable is the way that we're approaching the content in our small group meetings. Simple. We're going to discuss the sermons from Sunday morning. We're going to lean on the years of training that our pastors have received and the hours of study they put in each week. It's sustainable when life blows up or when someone in my group is in a crisis or things are difficult. I don't have to stress about getting my lesson done. It's transferable. I could easily assign this task to someone else. If my LIT wants to grow in learning how to lead meetings, I can say, hey, groups on Wednesday, let's get together on Tuesday so we could talk through the the questions and why don't you lead the first part of the meeting together? The questions are already written and so then you just meet with them and walk it through. It's transferable. So you don't have to have really strong teaching gifts to be able to lead the discussion. I do want to say a little bit about just the word simple because it was a little confusing for me. Um, I know that sounds a little odd that the word simple would be confusing, but sometimes I use the word simple in this context. Oh, that's simple. That's not a problem. Piece of cake. And that way that I use simple would be easy. So simple doesn't necessarily mean easy. It means not complex, not compound. It's, it's kind of an important distinction to make because simple doesn't mean no effort required. It just means that it's not complex. So if I need to meet with somebody in my group and the only time our schedules um, connect is 5 o'clock in the morning. Okay, that's simple. We've got to meet at 5. But that might not be easy for me. I might would rather be in bed at 5 o'clock in the morning. So simple and easy are not not necessarily the same. So here's the overview of where we've we covered a lot of ground today. If you can give us one more click there. Thanks, Trace. This is, we kind of covered all of this in sort of a 30,000 foot view. We didn't go deep with, with much of it. Um, but I think it's important for us as leaders to go through this. One, so we have a roadmap and so we can lead with confidence and conviction. What am I supposed to be doing? Well, I'm supposed to be walking faithfully with Jesus, with others, and I want to learn and grow. I want to grow in these competencies. I want to help my LIT grow in these competencies. I feel like it's important for us because we've been given a trust to lead God's people towards God's purposes for their life, to know him, love him, and make his love known. And I don't know about you, but from time to time as I've led, I've often asked myself, am I the right person for this? And I guess I just want to remind you today, you are the right person for this job because you're walking faithfully with Jesus, you're walking with others, and you want to learn and grow. If if you've maybe fallen off a little bit with member care, you can get back on track because you want to learn and grow, and you have these people that can help you get back on track. You're the right person for this task. So I want us to close our time together tonight by just praying together, all right? Um, And I was going to kind of divide us up and pray in a different way, but I think we'll just stay where we are. And uh, if you need to pray with your eyes open, pray with your eyes open, pray with your eyes closed, and uh, we're just going to popcorn out prayers. Uh, We won't have a structured way of doing this. Um, Just 
pray and ask God to help us to take up this task that he's given to us to, to lead others. And I think I put three ideas for prayer up there. So if you need some prompting, you can use those. Um, pray for yourself. Pray for your group. And I would say really pray for our church. Um, what God has given to us has not happened by accident. We've been intentional, but we do need for him to protect um, our community um, and to continue to do that. So I don't have an organized way for us to do this prayer. We're just going to spend five minutes, seven minutes, and you just pray out loud um, if you want to pray, and then I will close us, and then we'll be through. We'll probably be done with a little time left. So if you, when we were standing in these three areas, if you noticed someone who could be your coach, I just want to challenge you to go meet somebody new. We have this community and I know about, I don't know about you guys, but I sort of end up clustered in the three or four guys I really enjoy chatting with. I have to really push myself to go meet somebody new. So when we're done and you're hanging out, you don't have to do this, but I just want to challenge you to go find someone and meet someone new and talk to them and get to know them a little bit. So let's pray together and uh, then we'll be through.